Laszlo, this time we're going to talk about the uh, organic DNA uh, of organizations. And we're going to talk about uh, types of organic cultures. A bit short, a short intro. What do the cultures mean? What is the organic DNA? Maybe a couple of questions and uh, then we hit the road again. Um, Laszlo, can you say something about the, uh, the organic DNA of organizations? Absolutely. I think uh, it's, a, it's a good way to approach uh, the questions of authenticity, organicity from a more practical point of view. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, organic DNA uh, uh, means that there are four major types of uh, players mm -hmm. within any organization. And I emphasize we are not necessarily talking about companies, but organizations. Right. Organizations being different than uh, the company. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you, can you, I know what you mean, but maybe it's good for the listeners to explain what you, what do you mean with that? Exactly. It's a, uh, the company is a mechanical, uh, artificial organization based on an organizational chart. So right. the company is reflective of an idea of a couple of people who constructed this organizational chart about uh, how the functions, these mechanical functions necessary for the company to exist, uh, correlate. Mm -hmm. And uh, in opposition to that, there is natural organization, how people naturally organize themselves. Right. And uh, so this is the organization. This is why it's good to keep in mind that the organization is not the same as the company, mm -hmm. vice versa. Yeah. And uh, so it's very important to have an idea about how this natural organization takes place. Yeah, the company is like more mechanic and mechanical. Uh, and what it should be is uh, um, an, in an organic way, so not a non-mechanical way. Exactly, exactly. And uh, of course, as long as we stay within the context of companies, it's inevitable that we will have mechanical control. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, I can imagine that if you're in a, in uh, in an army, <laughs> and you would not have rules and not not uh, you know no superiors or whatever, and nobody is guiding, then it might be messy. But maybe it's even working. I don't know. Absolutely, uh, the army is actually a good example. But but we have companies that we all know. Yeah. That are that are very good examples also. Yeah. So. Uh, but the army is a very good example from the point of view of um, talking about life and death situations. Mm -hmm. And um, when it comes to companies, uh, typically what forces management to maintain a mechanical structure mm -hmm. is typically, very simply put, it's fear. Mm -hmm. It's fear of losing control of the people. Right. So the philosophy, this mechanical philosophy is that in order to be able to control people, we need mechanical processes and we need to force them to comply with these. Right. This is what enables us to measure what is going on, measure outputs of activities and so on and so forth. And if you don't do that, we're, we're going to completely lose control of people. Yeah, with the risk that there's even more measurement upon measurement. <laughs> that, yeah, so yeah, absolutely. So this fear drives this uh, a number of mechanical measures mm -hmm. and uh, this is uh, if you think about it and face this situation uh, this is absolutely crazy mm -hmm. you know because if we if we think about the, our lives outside of work right uh, what would mean if we try to control our relationships with the same tools that we try to uh, <laughs> use within uh, organizations the relationships are the same people are the same in your in your house you have an org chart <laughs> yes, yes. So it would be absolutely crazy. And, uh, and of course, we would face the same kind of resistance that companies face from people. It's yeah. totally natural that people resist such a mechanical and brutal, yeah. basically, yeah. suppression of their own uh, authenticity. On the other hand, Laszlo, there's people who might be pretty um, uh, pleased with the fact that they're just exactly told what to do. Yes, uh, and that we will get to that point, I think, right. uh, because this is a very important point. Why? Why is that? Mm -hmm. And um, and there are there could be various reasons for people being happy to be told what to do. Yeah. And, uh, without digressing too much, I can imagine also that 
if I uh, find myself in an absolutely strange situation mm-hmm. where I have no expertise, right. for example, uh, climbing a, a mountain, you know, climbing rocks, right. where I have no expertise, and I need to reach a goal, I would be incredibly happy if somebody told me what to do exactly yeah, yeah, know, yeah, to, yeah. to survive that trip. Last little thing on the climb, go up. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I remember, I remember, I've been in the army. I remember that they, they told us literally, and, and probably, I don't know, but they, they literally said, well, if, if we said something like, well, we think, no, 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 you should not think, we think for you. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, there is a very well thought out system. And uh, not only in the army, the army is a great example because you die if you don't follow. Mm-hmm. And um, but also in the army, there are special units like the Marines and various special units that are based on the fundamental that once you learn the basics, you're, everybody knows the same basics. Yeah. They develop thinking. That's the next step. Yeah. So uh, when there's a unit of five people trying to accomplish a special mission, any, the leader can any t- at any time die. Right. So it's very important that there's no discussion everybody knows exactly who takes over mm-hmm. you know and also there uh, on the other hand special units do have discussions about what to do and why mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so everybody on the unit should be crystal clear what they are doing and why and the decisions are made on the spot so at this, in this point we are not talking about uh, complying with process you know yeah that's the given, that's the minimum, that processes are complied with. Yeah. But you're talking about solving creative situations. Right. Where everybody has to contribute and, and the are at that moment everybody's input is real part. Yeah, and, and if things are very hierarchical, then you end up in, 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 in trouble once indeed the line of command is gone. I and mean, then people have no clue what to do and they're just waiting for somebody else to step up and say, Okay, now I will tell you what to do. So, yes, yeah, so, yeah. so we can see there is a hierarchy. Right. But uh, going back to the organic DNA, so the organization's natural organization takes place uh, according to certain uh, natural patterns. Mm-hmm. And these natural patterns are determined by the people who participate mm-hmm. in the organization. So uh, we, have, we can differentiate very clearly between four different types of mm-hmm. participants. Uh, and, th- and these types are hierarchically organized. So going from the top towards the bottom, you know, there are, there is the top, uh, the top um, type, mm-hmm. so, which is the type of the thinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, the type of the thinkers, uh, the, the thinkers type, the thinker types function is vertical integration. Mm-hmm. This is also very important to mention. Mm-hmm. Next in the hierarchy is um, the controllers of power. Mm-hmm. These in, a, uh, in the past societies, uh, this was a caste corresponding to the warriors mm-hmm. whose uh, job was to defend the truth, even if they had to sacrifice their life. In, uh, in the course of this, their function was to control power. So these people were typically uh, ranging from foot soldiers all the way to judges right. in courts. So even the judges in courts uh, were this, uh, the type of this kind of military orientation. They, can you say that they were, let's say, keeping up the vertical structure? Yes, yes, definitely. A vertical structure means that uh, like vertical organization means organization according to principles and values, mm-hmm. not according to specialization. Mm-hmm. So principles and values. Mm-hmm. So these guys are the controllers of power are the second in line after the thinkers. Mm-hmm. They are subordinated to the thinkers and they relate to thinking, to the function of thinking with a very direct attitude. So it's not like uh, just accepting orders blindly. Mm-hmm. That, uh, this is how science tells us. This is how we must uh, do it. Mm-hmm. They have to defend the truth, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They must also have full understanding. So their 
attitude towards thinking is very active. Mm -hmm. They are thinkers themselves. They could be challenged by others. Yes, so if somebody challenges them, they should be able to defend right. uh, uh, the truth, so to speak, or a theory or uh, a concept right. on very solid foundations. So uh, we can observe uh, some modern day philosophers who identify themselves with, uh, with, uh, with this particular function mm -hmm. of controlling power. Mm -hmm. But uh, they, they, uh, their accomplishments in the field of philosophy was outstanding. Yeah. So, uh, so this is a very high level function, also responsible for vertical organization. Mm -hmm. yeah. The second in line is a very special function, which is the function of organization. Mm -hmm. and, um, this function is special from the point of view that it's kind of an intermediary between the material, which is uh, creating stuff, mm -hmm. and, the, and the intellectual domain or spiritual domain, which is uh, concerned about the principles and values. Yeah. So it's kind of uh, um, connecting these two fundamental domains. Yeah. So uh, the function of the organizer is no longer purely uh, vertical, vertical integration. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a meeting point between the vertical and the horizontal. Mm -hmm. In in the in the business world, for example, if you look at the management function, right, we could say that um, that the organizers are kind of um, specialized, uh, like they are more specialists than integrators, mm -hmm. you know. But they also have the function of integration, so they are kind of integrating specialists, right. So these are. So they are respected by their peers that they supervise, so to speak, in a company setting, yeah. by their skills of, uh, vert, uh, of horizontal specialization. Yeah, they still very much connect to the makers, let's say. Yes, yeah. So if you look even at uh, domains like programmers, so uh, there are programmers that are typical makers mm -hmm. who don't want to be bothered with other stuff. They just want to be left to their own devices to do programming, create code. And there's, there are also a very good programmers, but they uh, feel an inspiration for organized mm -hmm. projects mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, take care of other things as well. Right. Well, these project managers enjoy the respect of uh, makers, of uh, specialists, mm -hmm. if they show competence in programming. Yeah. If they don't, if they are kind of in the org in the function of organization without showing capacity mm -hmm. or talent uh, in the specialized domain, mm -hmm. they will not enjoy the respect the respect of uh, specialists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the fourth one, uh, as we go down, are the specialists, mm -hmm. which we call makers. Mm -hmm. So these are the people who create actually create stuff yeah. uh, out of matter yeah. mostly. So they're concerned with the material domain fundamentally. So this is it. Um, the makers and the organizers are organizing themselves horizontally. Right. That means based on specialization, mm -hmm. so measurable specialized areas. And uh, the other two domains, the controllers of power and thinkers, they are organizing themselves vertically. You know, they are more concerned about values and principles. Yeah. So these are basically, these are the four uh, organic functions of organization. Yeah. Do, do these, what do you think then, the, if we talk about these, fear, the, this, these four uh, types of cultures, eh? the, uh, the, from, from, from bottom to top, the makers, organizers, the warriors, the thinkers. Um, the, uh, they do organize themselves in this way, is it? Yes, if you, even if they are not aware, consciously aware of their functions, mm -hmm. they will seek out each other companies, each other's company according to these. You know, so because let's say I'm, I'm asked because if you would look to the past and you would would think about the warriors, then why would the warriors, let's say, defend the uh, the thinkers? like the for, for instance the uh, religious systems 
Um, and nowadays, if you would say the warriors, suppose there would be a legal system or, the, or there would be the legal professionals in, uh, in the company. You could imagine they defend the thinkers because they're dependent on the thinkers, they're depending on the top, they're depending on the salaries and on the structures and whatever, but maybe in the past not. So why would they do that? Uh, very good. Uh, I mean, uh, to answer this, uh, yeah. we have to emphasize one more point. Right. Which is that the, if you think about business, you know, in the business world, actually, there is no room and there's no place for the top two domain of thinkers and warriors. Mm -hmm. So this, this is very important to start with. Mm -hmm. and, um, and in um, organic societies, which no longer exist, mm -hmm. there was a specific domain for these people, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. in religious organizations for thinkers, mm -hmm. or in classical academia, which was also run by the church, most mm -hmm. cases. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, or by religious organizations, even in the Far East, where there was no church, but mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. So the, the thinking function that enjoyed a very particular domain in society. Mm -hmm. And uh, so did the warriors, you know, the defenders of the truth, truth and controllers of power mm -hmm. in the military, in the legal system, uh, directly subordinated to the king or the courts, so on and so forth. These people did not deal with business at all. Right. Uh, it was just not their function. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, the business domain belonged to the to the rest of the two the yeah. two functions, to the organizers and the makers. Right. But especially to the organizers who were responsible simply to ensure the fair distribution of surplus production on the mm -hmm. material domain, mm -hmm. and they were also responsible for ensuring the the spiritual well-being of the community mm -hmm. by this function of distribution and organization, fair distribution and organization. Right. So it became the patron, patrons of uh, artists and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. so, so it did not belong to the business. That's first. Um, to go back to the second part of the question, mm -hmm. you know, why would, for example, the warrior defend uh, the clergy or uh, the academics right. or the, the uh, judges. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it, was, uh, it was fundamentally driven by a supra-personal concept, which is the truth. Mm -hmm. Truth uh, was considered to be a supra-personal concept. So it's not an, uh, it does not depend on an individual's mm -hmm. will, so to speak, uh, mm -hmm. on an individual uh, himself. Mm -hmm. but something beyond the individual that people aspire to. So the warriors didn't follow the clergy mm -hmm. or the judges, but they followed the truth. Right. Why they defended the clergy or the thinkers is because the thinkers incorporated, embodied this concept to a much larger, larger degree that, than uh, themselves. Right. They needed... They needed uh, the thinkers in order to be able to realize their own potentials right without whom they could not be they would not be able to do it they needed somebody to turn to mm -hmm. for guidance in order to self-realize so to speak mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so this is how this uh this uh, hierarchy of necessity yeah the, the lower depends on the higher and needs the higher mm -hmm. to in order to realize themselves is what maintained the system and now we have the uh, the business domain consisting then only of the makers and the organizers. Hmm? Uh, but would it be possible? What do you think? Would it be possible to ex um, expand to the expand, let's say, all four types uh, and incorporate them into the business domain? Would that be po would that be possible, or is it totally I think impossible? It's, it's happening. I mean, uh, we know that. We no longer have organic societies, so we have a bunch of people, mm -hmm. include from all all four types, mm -hmm. all mixed up in functions. Right. Uh, I think the biggest tragedy today is this: that uh, we have tons of people who don't find their place. Mm -hmm. There is no room, so we don't. We no longer have these institutions that gave room mm -hmm. to thinkers, to uh, power people, and uh, so on and so forth. 
we have we are left with uh, only one type of uh, institution because the business institution yeah which is then output something to be made and something to be organized and uh, that's one aspect of it and the other is that fundamentally uh, it has become very materialistic and um, yeah. and uh, as we can see even in the other institutions in politics in uh, military modern military mm -hmm. um, all these institutions are run as business institutions. Mm -hmm. State administration, which is no longer a state in the original sense, state administration is, is what it is. It's an administration right. that is measured by KPIs just like any other business. Yes. So even uh, the state, which is supposed to be the context for business, mm -hmm. has become business. Mm -hmm. So basically, just to simplify, um, with a little exaggeration, but not much, we can say that today all institutions are business institutions. Right. So, considering this fact, we can say that yes, business does now incorporate all four players that uh, it, used, it didn't use to incorporate. Yeah. So, yeah. business now has all four players. The, how the, these players are organized, uh, we can easily see is totally not reflected yeah. in the organization. Chart. Yeah. And um, and uh, to organize organic is incredibly difficult. In yeah, be because what you say then is not reflecting the chart. So where do things uh, go wrong? Well, obviously, uh, there's no awareness mm -hmm. uh, of these organic functions. Mm -hmm. And uh, if there was awareness, at least to some degree, it would already be uh, already be possible ensure some natural organization. It will still be incredibly difficult mm -hmm. because uh, uh, business, the mechanical organization of business is reflective of a very particular worldview mm -hmm. that is very different from the worldview of thinkers and defenders of truth or warriors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very different. So uh, it's more reflective of the worldview of makers, mm -hmm. very materialistic, when makers are not oriented towards anything but making, mm -hmm. you you are left with materialism, materialism. Mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, and the many other things that are incorporated in the modern political term of uh, liberalism. So uh, that's what you you have. So it normal organization will still be very difficult, mm -hmm. and you are not pushed by life and death situation. Right. Although this could be arguable, because some people perceive the lack of salary to be life and death situation. Yeah, yeah. There's not so much skin in the game. Rightfully so. So there, the fear is definitely. I think there is an, um, a fundamental ontological fear among employees and corporations, which or, is uh, losing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So there is some uh, truth in it that even in corporations there is a fear. So, so yes, it's difficult to organize, but it's possible. And uh, so there are practical ways to do it. And this, uh, this is what we want to touch on now. Yeah. But th these are the four players. How to let them organize? Because you cannot make them organize. Right. Let them organize, relatively uh, organized. If, if, if we go one step back, um, so how would a person determine to what type he or she is uh, connected to, deeply rooted in? Well, before, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's also difficult. It requires, um, there's no secret that this is incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why is it difficult? Because we have so many false ambitions yeah. dictated to us by I don't know what, you know, by everything. Mm -hmm. so a false ambition is, for example, the ambition of building a career. Yeah. yeah. It's a very basic, like you enter the workforce, your ambition is to build a career. Which is always up, usually. Which doesn't oh, have to be because it can be uh, uh, horizontal as well. But nevertheless, usually if people say, I'm making a career, they meet up. Exactly. Yeah. On and up and on, as they yeah. say. Yeah. It's, uh, this is an incredibly uh, damaging, false ambition. And uh, it's not sustainable mm -hmm. anymore. It never was. But uh, especially not anymore. It's getting increasingly difficult, yeah. 
So and why? So just uh, as a in bracket as a side side note, the difference uh, when it comes to people, the difference between a mechanical business organization and an, and an organic entity mm-hmm. is that uh, in an organic entity, an organic organization exists for one purpose only: is it is to enable the self-realization of people in it. Right. That's the. Otherwise, if it doesn't enable it, it doesn't fulfill its function. Yeah. So this is what the church did. It enabled thinkers to fully realize themselves and lead an, an intellectual ascesis. Yeah, like Princeton, let's say. You enter there, you can do what you want, you can come up with anything, you're left alone. Uh, and, and it usually produces quite some brilliant output. In the original uh, sense, academics had this function, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you knew uh, there are so, certain variations and nuances, of course, even within right. the domain of thinking. Mm-hmm. But yes, so if, because there's, there could be thinking in terms of philosophy, mm-hmm. thinking in terms of science, right. thinking in terms of art. So there are nuances. Mm-hmm. But once you know which nuance most corresponds to you, it enabled you to lead an intellectual assistance. Mm-hmm. And in other words, in your chosen domain, to think everything through authentically. Mm-hmm. And you had all the support to do that. That was, this is the job of the thinkers, that's the truth from various aspects, authentically. Right. Not just by uh, following uh, a popular teacher. Right. Of course, uh, academia did, uh, went through a great degradation, so Princeton is already not what it used to be, and others also mm-hmm. not. They don't enable this intellectual thesis. Yeah, yeah. Although so that was the original purpose. Yeah, so yeah. the business organization is the opposite. Mm-hmm. It doesn't enable, it doesn't exist mm-hmm. to enable people to self-realize. Mm-hmm. But it came up with a very sinister, <laughs> and I, I'm not afraid to use the term, uh, a very sinister concept. Mm-hmm. So is this, path of self-realization, which is the career. So it offers people the false premise that by building a career, you are actually uh, fulfilling your potentials. Yeah. It's a false premise. And we know it's not true. And everybody who is able to think at least a little bit has no other choice but to come to this. Unless probably in, in, in hindsight, if people generally would say, well, okay, well, I, I'm, I'm really doing what I love, eh? to, 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 to paraphrase Harry Frankfurt, the philosopher, that to be authentic is really doing what you deeply love. Um, and then in hindsight, it might be a career in hindsight, then you might say, okay, I made a career, but that's different than pursuing a career. Well, you know, of course, why people think that they are happy to do it. Many people think they are happy, but they are not happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you said, in hindsight, it, it becomes clear. Mm-hmm. But um, being, aware, being aware of your own organic function helps you prevent you from uh, succumbing mm-hmm. to this false premise. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you do a very, sur- and going back to your question, how to determine this. Right. So it's definitely, you have to look at, um, yes, what uh, gives you uh, pleasure. Right. It's not a, bad, not a bad approach to look at. And mm-hmm. uh, look at all the things from childhood that uh, gave you a deep and immense satisfaction. Right. You know, then you can find patterns. Yeah. You know, was it related to doing, organizing, thinking, or maybe working with power? Yeah. And then uh, you may have, uh, by looking at not at one thing, but patterns, you mm-hmm. know, what is the returning pattern that mm-hmm. gives immense satisfaction? Right. It may guide you, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, talents naturally uh, emerge according to these uh, deep-seated purpose yeah. of your function. So uh, your talents will also help you. And yeah. uh, it's almost a cliche now, but I agree with these cliches that uh, deep satisfaction coupled with talents right. uh, pretty reliably 
point you in the direction. And also you should look at uh, deep-seated interests. Yeah. So what can organizations and people do to get out of the trap, let's say? Now it's a, uh, so we have now mechanical organizations that are complete chaos. Mm -hmm. So this is the starting position. So people who make the decision to try to improve this chaos and make it more bearable for people, because this is pretty much the maximum <laughs> they can achieve. They, uh, as a number of one step, they should do their own self-analysis to determine their own place. Yeah. That's number one. And then build teams around them or organize the people around themselves accordingly. And uh, that also helps them understand those around them. So for this, um, there's a simple tool, this uh, identity map mm -hmm. that helps mm -hmm. with this process. So uh, the identity map helps you analyze your own identity, other people's identity, and even the identity of organizations. Right. Uh, the identity map is a very simple equation. It consists of uh, purpose. Mm -hmm. Purpose being for um, just to stay on the level of practicality, the organic function, one of the four. So purpose in, let's say, if in usually um, spoken of, if you talk about, uh, let's say, uh, this role of organizations is uh, the place in the world they want to fit in. If you look at organizational identity, mm. yes. Yeah. So if you look at organizational identity, uh, the purpose would be to make stuff. For example, Unilever, the purpose would be to create food. Yeah, the reason of their existence. Yes. So, rest is bullshit. The rest is um, trying to find a purpose yeah. beyond, yeah. which is in uh, the false premise of careers uh, projected to a larger scale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but the, yes, so the organization's purpose could be to make stuff, mm -hmm. to distribute stuff, you know, to uh, work with power dynamics like uh, but we are also beyond the business mm -hmm. so yes the organ business organization's purpose should be relatively organic if it's not then it's very difficult to change for example uh, if we look at uh, businesses with uh, almost absolutely no organic uh, component it could be banking mm -hmm. in banking private equity businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, these, these have almost, they do have some organic elements, but also almost nothing. Mm -hmm. So there are businesses that have almost no organic element. Also, when we look at businesses who used to have organic elements, for example, food, mm -hmm. which is agriculture, or uh, manufacturing, mm -hmm. Creating artifacts. The, the more the quantitative aspect takes over the domain, the less organicity, organicity remains. It's right. easy to understand when you look at banking, which is has absolutely no qualitative aspect. It, it is only purely quantitative activity. When it looks, uh, when you look at um, uh, food, it should be uh, highly organic. Uh, aspect and we look at uh, uh, the quantity of food production even the word food production is terrible yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really and it really is self-explanatory of what you're dealing with uh, in large quantities quantities that are insane yeah. then you know that uh, final product cannot be qualitative so, and not only that, but the organization lost their organic purpose, and and they became kind of um, kind of an illusion bubble, mm -hmm. where nobody there is actually absolutely no place for organic functions. So when you look at large uh, food companies, like to say another one like uh, Dunn. Yeah, yeah. So huge quant uh, insane quantities of food that could only be produced by uh, adding so much stuff that uh, makes the final result something other than food. 
yeah, the, the role itself is not to make the food, but the role is to make to to come up with growth and financial impact. Exactly, maximize profits by increasing, uh, selling more stuff, and then uh, you have to make more stuff. Yeah. 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 No matter what, no matter what. So, but these organizations are, uh, you know, this kind of false end result is reflective also in the organization. So. When we walk into such an organization, what do we find? We find uh, divisions, finance, logistics, marketing, PR, legal, you know, and all that stuff, uh, a, a universe, a bubble, yeah. that has nothing to do with the actual food. What David Graeber would, would uh, label now as bullshit jobs. Yes, to, to a large degree. Yeah. From another point of view, of course, it's... Uh, for example, legal, huge legal department is very important when you are producing shit that's not even... You have to defend the shit. <laughs> yes. So, to, to, for the entity to survive, uh, all these bullshit jobs are absolutely necessary. Yeah. And from the point of view, it's, uh, uh, the bullshit part is the other one, is the actual food. That's mm. bullshit. That's mm. not important. Mm. Mm. To defend us uh, and uh, maintain the profit and lobby and uh, stuff, so I didn't want to even go to as far as uh, genetically engineered stuff, right. like Monsanto, you know, which is yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. the epitome of yeah. producing stuff that has nothing to do with or anything organic. Yeah. And it is reflective in the organization. Yeah. What can you do? I mean, uh, if you work in such an organization, it's obviously the organization doesn't exist for you. Yeah, so if we, if we go back to the identity map, it's first the purpose. Yes, so when you look at organizations like this, through the lens of the identity map, right. they have, it means that they have no purpose. Mm -hmm. So a huge part of their identity is lacking. Mm -hmm. And uh, if there is no purpose, there is no, uh, because the other element is uh, evolution. Yeah. Evolution means uh, not a Darwinian, in a Darwinian sense. Mm -hmm. Evolution in this sense means the path from where you start to achieving the concept, the purpose of the organization. Yeah, yeah. If you're already starting building from unstable structures, it will be very difficult. Well, not impossible, but difficult. No, yeah, yeah. Not impossible, but difficult. And, and definitely very difficult to have a connection, a deep connection, a rooted connection with your, uh, with your people. So it's, it's a very... It's a valid statement to say that um, taking a highly mechanical organization that has no purpose, right, in the classical sense, as we say, right, and transform them into an organic organization, at least to increase the organicity to a large degree, yeah. it's not possible. And it, uh, let's face it, it makes no sense to them. Yeah. I, th I think as well, Laszlo, that let's say if, if we, I mean, we talk now about in this way from the lens of the organic DNA, we talk about the uh, identity map. But if you look, let's say, to identities, uh, what is usually done, eh? uh, people uh, take care of the mission or the purpose, definitely the purpose, and then the core values and behavior and, and principles and maybe and the governance, uh, definitely, that's the whole stuff. But I think as well that if the purpose is not right, or, or, or is um, uh, at least um, uh, not authentic, huh? uh, that the core values already crumble. Of course. And, and then you have the problem that people, if that is, I think also the types of organizations where you enter and uh, you would ask, okay, so what is your set of values? And people would say, well, I know we have them somewhere, but uh, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It in such cases, is um, it's better to ask again. It just shows the the very simple application of the identity map. Mm -hmm. If you walk into an organization and, um, and you just ask the CEO, uh, so what do you guys do? Yeah, what's the purpose? I I asked this. Uh, at the, I had many good questions from simple businesses, like mm -hmm. um, large enough but not too large. Like, uh, I spoke. For example, in Germany, with the owners of uh, a company that makes um, car wash systems. Right. Very simple stuff. Very simple. You guys said, listen, uh, we are car wash guys. Right. We make car. 
systems. That's it. So it's a huge factory. You showed me the factory. It's a nice factory. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a mid-sized, uh, typical, uh, you know, the engine of the German economy. Right. Mid-sized employee, like uh, 1,500 people. They make cargo systems. Yeah. That's it. It's a beautiful business. It's in family hand. Mm-hmm. It, it has tons of organicity, mm-hmm. despite, of course, that is highly optimized, right. such as the manufacturing facility. But uh, there were 1,500 pretty happy people from the local community mm-hmm. working there. Everybody knew their place, and they were happy people. Mm-hmm. And the family ran it uh, for generations. Mm-hmm. And uh, so organicity is possible in such an environment. Right. The purpose, he didn't talk about the bullshit purpose of uh, making a plant in the universe by providing high-quality goods for people who yeah, yeah, yeah. the best. So yeah. we make carwash. Yeah, yeah. This is try to improve, uh, course, uh, but carwash. This is this is why we exist. It's not to make people's life better. Or not. No, carwash systems. Yeah, this yeah. is not. This is clean. Right. No PR talk and marketing. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. As soon as we are talking about uh, you know, this marketing uh, imagination, there's a book called Marketing. They try to redefine industries. So instead of thinking about uh, selling books, what are you doing? You are actually selling intellectual experience, stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's much better to go back to the basics and just selling books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Book, book trade, and yeah. why? Because it's a, a function of organization. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you understand? Does it fit my own function? Should I be in this organization and so on? So, uh, yes, uh, this is the identity map. What is the organic purpose? Mm-hmm. What are the patterns that lead there? Mm-hmm. Identifying, this is the evolution part, ev- identifying the patterns. Right. I think it's uh, easier to look at individuals uh, to understand the system than at organizations. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if a guy is a maker, and uh, I have many friends who are great right and uh, so programmers even cabinet makers uh, making like furniture yeah stuff. yeah large scale very successful guys and um, but they always knew that uh, from childhood they were making stuff so mm-hmm. there was, it was never a question yeah that makers. it was so clear no confusion yeah they always knew you know philosophy probably nice not for me mm-hmm. Army and stuff, no. But making stuff, yes. And uh, do they want to trade? No. Mm-hmm. They, they're not interested in sales or selling the stuff. They're just interested in making the stuff. Right. And this pattern is very identifiable, very crystal clear right. in, in their lives. So uh, they are good plant managers. If they do decide to join a large organization, that would be probably in the manufacturing part. Yeah. Making a so-called career there, yeah. Yeah. making it in, uh, plant manager without any ambition of becoming CEO, yeah. or stuff like that would be happy at that level. Yeah. So this is, and it would they would lead a much healthier life than working in an artificial function, but uh, a proceed in a proceed higher hierarchical role. So, and the, and the same goes for the traders. I mean, uh, we all know people. I also know guys who, even in, when we were kids, they were already uh, buying and selling these matchbox. Right. <laughs> <laughs> these, these are the organizers, the traders. Yeah. There's an absolute clear pattern. There's no question uh, about their identity. These are the lucky ones in the corporate world. Right. Right. So if so, if you let's say to to if if you know what type you are or want to be, you know what you like, what you really really deeply love, which is which is making you happy, um, and you end up in a different position, like a Peter principle, you're promoting somebody into a managerial role, maybe very disconnected to what he really loves, uh, and for some reason he accepts it, he will fail. Is that it? Well, Maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, there are many success stories that okay. um, 
for example uh, so it's still it, still possible to act in a role if you're not uh, which is not completely let's say you're one of the four type or one of the two types of uh, of uh, business cultures yes so let's take an example and look at what yeah potential outcomes may come with it and uh, for example a maker who maybe graduated with a mechanical engineering degree mm -hmm. because uh, he, he was still driven by his original passion right, right. making and um, and so he has a mechanical enters the corporate world in the food business right you know, and becomes uh, and I'm using actually a, a concrete example of, of a friend of and uh, you become like a, you end up in the finance department. <laughs> right. He did. He became CFO. Of, uh, yeah. Okay. This is a real example. Yeah, this is a real example. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, and then you, you make a because you know, you're, you're a maker, a very practical approach to have right. everything you touch. Mm -hmm. So it actually helps you, even in finance. Mm -hmm. It's easy to learn finance. Right. Uh, easier than to learn mechanical engineering, for example. Yeah, yeah. Much easier. You, you, yeah, you pick it up, you learn it. Intelligent guy, you know, so you become CFO. And uh, this guy didn't become a CEO afterwards, but let's assume that you become CEO afterwards. Okay, yeah. Which, which is very typical, uh, not at Danone, for example. In Danone, you will never become a CEO if you come from finance. Okay, but lots but of companies, lots of companies do, yeah. Lots of companies do, yeah. and uh, so you become CEO, and then um, you find yourself in a function that was originally a vertical integration function. Mm -hmm. yeah. Of course, CEO is an artificial function, so if you just find the knowledge, mm -hmm. then it should be a vertical integration function. Yeah. So uh, a specialist, a maker, finds himself in a vertical integration function that is responsible for principles and values. Yeah. So can he do it? Of course he can do it. Yeah. And many people do it. Uh, why? Because uh, business in, is an artificial organization. The rules are artificial. Mm -hmm. It means that anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. uh, organic organization would be different because uh, vertical integration would, uh, the maker would not be able to do it. Yeah. You know? And uh, probably he would die try. Yeah. But in, in this, it's totally fine. But the, uh, he, he's got two ways to do it. One of them is to enforce his mechanical uh, maker mentality mm -hmm. on the whole organization from this higher position, mm -hmm. making everybody miserable. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, may, he may deliver the KPIs because he's smart. He's mm -hmm. going to deliver no matter what he will mm -hmm. deliver. Mm -hmm. I heard a guy from banking. He told me, you know, Laszlo, in, I was uh, in the, I, I'm not going to name names now, but uh, it's a big bank. I was a big bank and uh, for 10 years and I never missed a, quor a quarter. Okay. To me, that was uh, basically a terrible, I mean, uh, how can you do that? Can you do that organically? Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can only do that by, by making everybody miserable around you yeah, yeah. and fully complying with mechanical uh, artificial functions that was made up by some guy, yeah. you know, subordinating their whole life yeah. to some ideas that was made up by some guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah. So, so that, that's one way. So you, you take your set of rules from the past and you apply them to the present. It's, you take rules from everybody else but yourself. Because... Uh, yeah, because they're not yours. Yes, uh, I yeah, mean, you yeah, are I not know, in your yeah, own yeah, in this yeah, role, yeah, yeah. so you get to that role, and your job is to deliver KPIs yeah. that are not yours. Yeah, so you not yeah. KPIs. Yeah. Yeah. And then what you do? Yeah. You do, and uh, you go out, read books on how to deliver KPIs. Yeah. So it's certainly not, not authentic. Yeah. Sorry? It's certainly not authentic. No, absolutely, absolutely. It's not your idea. Yeah. And uh, they are very proud. Uh, I, I follow these people on LinkedIn. I mean, they, they reach the top in their field, uh, in, in various industries, at the top. Mm. Uh, from, vi from which point you cannot go higher, mm. at least in this region. Mm. 
And um, do you see uh, an ounce of authentic thought? Uh, thought? No, none. Mm-hmm. I mean, LinkedIn is a good example. If you want to read authenticity, don't open LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because what you see is uh, quotes and, uh, and stuff from others, right. you know, and not from heavy thinkers, yeah. Yeah. but from other compliant bureaucrats like themselves, yeah. you know, who also achieved the top. Yeah. in a different thing, which is higher than theirs. Yeah. So they quote from them, but they are also the same compliant bureaucrats who never had an original thought in their life besides complying with KPIs. Yeah. Yeah. So this is one way to achieve success if you are at the top, but your organic function doesn't justify you being at the top. The other way they do it, and this is also, I'm not saying this is not common practice, this is also common practice, is uh, trying to minimize, <coughs> minimize, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> minimize the damage, minimize the poisonous environment right. that you must create. <coughs> so the modus operandi of these people is the following. I don't belong here. That's number one. Right. So I don't really belong here. So these are the, we also know this type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm humble, I'm the, I'm the least smart person in this room. And in most cases, this is actually true. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, what they do is they uh, intuitively, they bring in people uh, from other functions mm-hmm. around us. Mm-hmm. This is a, a laudable effort, and this is a very positive way to do it. So mm-hmm. if the guy is a maker, he intuitively seeks out thinkers mm-hmm. and surrounds himself mm-hmm. uh, at least partially with thinkers, right. partially with people who can play the power dynamics, yeah. and partially with organizers. So this is how he builds yeah. his executive team. Yeah. And he tries to adjust himself really uh, orga- uh, organically to the lowest uh, point of the hierarchy, even though he may enjoy the highest position in the company. So this is an absolutely great way to do it. Yeah. And uh, even um, uh, in classic literature, you can see some of this kind of advice when, uh, when it was noticed that the kings were no longer at the top of their game mm-hmm. in the 17th century. Um, there was uh, this uh, Jesuit uh, writer that, of course, I'm forgetting the name. Uh, Sorry? I'm thinking about the name of this author. Ah. He was a Jesuit, uh, very successful priest uh, in a political role as a diplomat. Uh, his last name is uh, Gracia, French, French uh, thinker. Okay. Mm. And uh, he, he wrote... Um, a great book about practical advice in politics and uh, inter-human relationships. And uh, his advice for kings was that, um, who are not at the top of their game, and princes, you know, so this uh, aristocracy, is to surround themselves with thinkers. Mm -hmm. So when they see the intellectual superiority, they should uh, bring it to the court. And have and put them in functions of advisory, yeah. so which in so, fact is a smart thing to do. In the end, it's a, a bit of a um, a bit of an inefficient patch. It's a, of course it's not yeah. the ideal scenario, yeah. but uh, but nevertheless, if you have to work with what you yeah. got, yeah. this is the, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and this applies basically. Uh, I saw it in practice. So we, this identity map we used mm-hmm. with organizations, mm-hmm. it worked better, of course, in a, like in a car wash company, right? Mid-sized manufacturing company. But uh, yes, in uh, in <clears throat> even I can imagine, although the resistance is much bigger mm-hmm. in these uh, artificial organizations, mm-hmm. that maybe mm-hmm. one manager decides that in his team he's going to implement. Yeah. Uh, higher organization. Yeah. What? First of all, to ensure people are happier. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, feel a little safer. Yeah. And, uh, and also, uh, maybe because he's going to build an empire. Yeah. 
yeah. We'll talk about this later, maybe in a different podcast. Yeah. How to survive uh, companies that have no purpose. Yeah, yeah. No, no, sure. If you, if you if you don't mind um, to, to round off a bit as well, but to put on a, keep on a practical level. So it, it, in terms of the four types uh, or the two types, it's very important uh, to identify yourself, what, what you really love. At least that's always very important, but nevertheless. So how to find out to which type you're uh, in the core belonging um, is, is important. Um, people have different roles in, in life. They can they can uh, do many things. Uh, so how how are they identifying? Let's say uh, what they are. Can you be two types? Yes, there are there are these are the four fundamental types. So it requires an honest analysis. Where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, so so we talked about it. I I think um, uh, off record uh, before. Uh, suppose a guy is an engineer, he's a musician in the band in the evening, he might even be a local politician, and he might even be maybe a priest. I have no idea, you know, uh, occupying different roles, and nevertheless, uh, one of them might be more suitable or less suitable, but, you know, he does it for a hobby, many things, so he really loves it. So then, what is his core type? It's uh, the, the only way to tell is really looking at the, uh, the strongest patterns that uh-huh. uh, dominate. Okay, so reflection on the past as well. Absolutely, uh, situations, the past. Yeah. Uh, people honestly know if um, what were the bad choices they made. Yeah. Why was it bad? Because it contradicted uh, the pattern that wanted to manifest itself. Yeah. Yeah. There are nuances. I didn't want to get into in details, but nuances are, for example, uh, specific types within these four. Yeah, Could yeah, be, yeah, yeah. Um, a scientific orientation yeah. Yeah. that uh, gives a shade of gray. Yeah. For example, scientific could be a thinker. It could be a maker. Could be a, an organizer. Also. Yeah. Artistic, uh, aristocratic, self-realization, like a, uh, self-realization or. Yeah. So, so these are all uh, well identified nuances yeah. that could be taken into consideration. But the four, even the four basic type should be enough and observing the returning patterns, both yeah. negative and positive. Yeah, yeah. So and then as well, if you look to the, uh, to, I mean, suppose you have somebody uh, coming from an, an authentic uh, core belief and doing what he's doing, what he wants to do, he loves it. Um, turning into something else for, for what kind of reason, maybe uh, very practical reasons like, uh, you know, uh, I was forced to because of money reasons or whatever. I mean, sometimes things happen. Um, then if you would coach a person like that, I mean, you can't, you can't, um, but that will be then probably very mechanical, right? To coach a person? Yeah. In the sense, in the sense, in the sense that um, somebody ends up uh, far away from his original type. Ah, okay. And um, obviously, if you coach a person, uh, and you first identify why you coach, like what he wants to achieve. Uh, in most cases, probably he wants to find himself and put himself uh, in the appropriate function. Mm-hmm. I would assume. Because the, not being there, not being in the appropriate function, in other words, being uh, something else than what, than what one is. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm actually more hinting to, let's say, that there might be a lot more coaching if you're not in your authentic role. Yes. Because yes. there's many stuff which is not maybe completely working well, and uh, you end up in more trouble than you might have if you go back to what, doing what you really love. <laughs> but you know, it's uh, most. If we if we keep in mind that most of the problems people have mm-hmm. originate from not from not being somebody else than what they are. Right, keeping up appearances. Yeah. So this is basically the fundamental problem of uh, the fundamental root cause. Of, mm-hmm. We can pick any problems. Mm-hmm. For example, to keep it practical in business. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we see when we coach, when clients come to us for coaching? Mm-hmm. Well, if uh, the, 
if so, I mean, there is one situation when people come to you to coach them. And there's other situation, which I had the good fortune of doing, when clients come to me and say, coach this guy. Right. You know, so these are the two situations. In the latter one, then somebody wants, somebody else to be coached. You know? The major reasons are behavioral, behavioral reasons, always. You know? uh, if it comes, Usually, yes. It, you know, sometimes this behavior is tied to performance. Yeah. But uh, the performance, lacking performance, when uh, you dig just a little bit, it's typically uh, some behavioral problem. Mm -hmm. So behavior, it's uh, inauthentic behavior, autumn. Mm -hmm. People cannot articulate disorders, but uh, something feels weird about the guy. Mm -hmm. We don't know. It's I don't know. And uh, if you cannot put your finger on it you and you dig a little deeper, you kind of, uh, you don't trust the guy. Uh, and he feels kind of off, particularly mm -hmm. because the guy is not in his skin, mm -hmm. and uh, and maybe he doesn't know it also. Mm -hmm. There could be another situation, uh, and uh, without digressing too much, but it could be the other way. It could be that there is one authentic guy, and the whole organization doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is absolutely also possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's not always the majority that decides what's true. And, no, uh, no, no, no. You know, so it's typically behavior. So when you co quote somebody, and um, uh, I think it's a good way to go to the root yeah. and see you know, where he should be and if he, if he is where he should be. You know, yeah. If he's not, that's the root cause. Yeah, yeah. And uh, once you recognize, uh, I think uh, it's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. To really yeah. go to the root. Not always possible and it doesn't, it's not always successful. Yeah, yeah. But if you manage to do it, there's a big relief. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's great. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I heard this already long ago. I heard a guy say, so always he was working on a university somewhere else. Um, and uh, he was stating um, in some kind of lecture that uh, because of the uh, apprentice, leaving the apprentice uh, system, uh, which you had in the past, obviously, I mean, you had some guy and, and, and he was teaching you something and then, and then after many years, you could, uh, you could do the same as, uh, as the teacher. Um, so leaving, let's say, death paths would lead uh, inevitably to all kinds of uh, organizational hypes, uh, which we see around us uh, today, which might be which might be true. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, uh, if you use this analogy uh, with the guild, yeah, system, with the guild, yeah, yeah. with the guild systems, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the analogy is very good. I mean, the um, the guild system obviously attracted people who were kind of who were clear about their role. Right. So uh, it was easy to attract it because many times it was actually in the family. So yeah, yeah. And uh, and yeah. So when the when the guy went through the ranks, there were also these two, uh, three or four levels mm -hmm. uh, reflecting the organic hierarchy, even within the guild. Mm -hmm. For example, the, the master of the guild acted, uh, you know, fulfilled the thinking function of the guild. Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, the apprentice went, you know, to reach this level. And certainly, uh, before he took his masterpiece or created his masterpiece, yeah, yeah. he had to leave the guild. And typically, they went abroad and tried to make a living, learn from others yeah, also. Yeah, yeah. Totally different cultures. Yeah. Returning after a few years, creating their masterpiece, yeah. and uh, in most cases, uh, you know, this gave them the title of master. Mm -hmm. In which point, they had two choices. One of them is to stay within the given guild, because yeah. some guilds were actually relatively large. Yeah. So yeah. they built several masters. Yeah, or, or make another one. Or make another guild yeah. because yeah. he was qualified. Yeah. Yeah, but in both cases, I think this is always working because the purpose is very clear. Indeed, indeed. Yes. I mean, the purpose is to become a master. Absolutely. Then uh, perform with absolute uh, honesty and transparency. This was the guild. 
Maybe that's a maybe that's a nice one to round off as well. Everybody becomes a master. How about that? Absolutely, you know. Absolutely. So if the organization helps everybody become a master, that would be it, perfect. It fulfills the purpose. Okay, I'm I'm thinking um, maybe it's good to round off. Um, so. We've been talking about the identity map, we're talking about the, the roles. Um, I can imagine that maybe next time uh, we might um, have some words on leadership in organizations like we discussed. How about that? I think it's a great idea, yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Various types of leadership. Yeah, yeah, all right. Um, okay, shall we uh, bring it to an end?